You are listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of icmforum.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Chris, and in this episode, we are tackling prejudice. Yes, prejudice against short films. Are we all raging shortists? Bigots obsessively checking runtimes before we decide what qualifies as films or even art? If that ends up being the case, what made us so hateful? Is it common? Are we dealing with a true societal issue here? Are shorts generally just not being treated the same way as feature films? And if not, should they be? Or are there legitimate, should I say, shortcomings? Uh, yes, are, are prejudices and outright discrimination against short films actually good, or at least justifiable? So, let's bring in our panel for today, Adam, Tom, and Saul, and perhaps set this up a bit like an AA meeting. Uh, just imagine we're all sitting in a big circle here, and uh, just try to be as honest as you can, and... Uh, I'll start. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm probably a shortest. Hi, I'm Tom, and like Chris, I'm also a shortest. Short films do not really appeal to me. Hi, I'm Sol, and I might be a shortest. I'm not sure. I do watch quite a few short films, but I do see differences when it comes to. I guess, rating and ranking them compared to features. I am Adam. I w- I, I'm not a shortest. I think that you have to look at shorts differently from features, but unlike Chris, I'm not an outright bigot on the topic. All right. Well, I feel very comfortable that there are three bigots versus one uh, crusader for justice here. So let's, uh, let, let's test how bigoted and or how egalitarian we all are with a few quick questions. If your favorite director releases a new film, will the fact that it is a short have any impact on how quickly you watch it? Oh, and yes, no, please. Yes, that will have an impact. Uh, probably. I'm not entirely sure, but I'd say probably. Well, I'll watch it much more quickly because it's a short and takes less time to watch. All right, you're holding up the scrutiny so far, Adam. Well done. And I'm also in the category of Tom, where it's probably going to make quite a bit of a difference, even though it's much faster to watch. Uh, so next quickfire question. Do you include shorts in your yearly top lists? Or statistics? That's a nice easy one. The answer is no. Yeah, for me it's uh, never also. The only exception would be if we're doing a poll for, let's say, pre-1930s and I hadn't seen significant enough features, I might include some shorts. But in terms of recent years, no, that's never. I'd never include short films. Yeah, just to be clear, when I when I gave my last answer, I meant I would watch it more quickly because it is short, so I will finish more quickly. I don't mean that I will prioritize it. I thought I thought Chris would pick up on that, but I was being too um too subtle in your dry English wit. Oh, sorry, Scottish wit. Um, 
Yeah, thanks for the correction. Um, in terms of statistics, I don't I don't really do your statistics, so I wouldn't include shorts because I don't really do a set of your statistics, unlike a lot of people on the forum. And yeah, I'm also in the previous category where the answer is just generally no. Um, do you have any short films in your all-time top hundred? No, I don't think I even have any in my top one thousand. Like Tom, I've got no short films in my top 1,000, but that's by design because I've only taken consideration films that are approximately 45 minutes or longer when compiling the list. So no, but yeah, based on design. Yes, I would have I would have at least one in my top 100. Ooh, what is it? Um, I would definitely have The Man Who Planted Trees in my top 100. All right, fair enough. And um, for me as well, the answer is no, uh, partially by design, partially uh, by any <laughs> by any criteria. Though if I chose to remove the design part, I might have a couple of shorts in my top thousand. Which ones? The Heart of the World by Guy Madden, probably. Then I'm not sure what I would put in after that. Maybe the act of seeing with one's uh, own eyes and uh, possibly a few others as well. I'd have to double check my ratings, etc. But, but as you can tell by my bigoted ways, uh, shorts are not something I tend to think about or consider when I rank films. Similarly, I would probably also have some short films in my top 1000, even top 100 if I... We're using different metrics to do it, but as we may get to later on, I don't know if it's going to pop up or not. I don't actually rate short films on a scale of 1 to 10, so it's very hard for me to like compare and contrast them. But films like Mayo Darren, Maya Darren's Atland would definitely be a contender for like all-time top 100. That's an amazing film. Yeah, it is. No, I, I much prefer it to Meshes, but you know, both of them are great films. And also One Week is the best film that Buster Keaton ever made. So that would be, you know, a top 100 contender. But again, that's very hard for me to compare against his feature-length films, even though I prefer it. I, I can't really numerically give it a rating. Yeah, I think that's the central dilemma we probably break into just after my final question. And this is no longer yes, no, just by <laughs> design. But I would be interested to know, like, do you have a general idea of how many short films you watch like per year? Uh, how, which probably could give us an indicator of just how non-bigoted uh, we are. Like, what share of the films you watch are short films? And, and do you watch short films at all, really? So I don't really watch short films at all. I think my total would be maybe between the 10 and 20 mark. And that's almost primarily because of shorts that are displayed before feature films at film festivals where I've got no choice because I'm sat in the cinema and they they come on the screen. Um, I never watch any by choice really so yeah. really none by choice at all wow. so essentially the only thing that's uh, like the only little slimmer of anti-bigotry is that oh if i'm forced to watch them i won't avert my eyes or leave the theater for a short period of time <laughs> yeah i mean there are times where at film festivals there'll be a slot which is just short films so maybe an hour and a half of you know six or seven short films even though i've got a festival ticket that covers those short films i will often skip that and just go and watch another film in the cinema that's not mm. part of the festival <laughs> <laughs> have you ever not skipped that though 
Yeah, the, like oh, occasionally, right. occasionally I have um, watched it, and it, it's okay. It's just I, I don't know. It, it, I'd rather be watching feature films. Yeah, that's a sentiment <laughs> I share. You're a bigot of my uh, of my heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sal? I would say I probably watch somewhere between maybe a hundred and a hundred and fifty shorts a year. That sounds like a lot, but, you know, in terms of a monthly basis, you know, that's, I guess, an average of around 10 to 12 or so a month. Uh, it might actually be slightly higher than that. I'm not sure, because when I generally watch a short films, it would be for a purpose. So not because I just feel like watching a short film. So it'd be like for one of our monthly challenges. So I, I'm big into silent cinema. So most of the sh- I wouldn't say most, but a large chunk of the shorts that I've seen are silent comedies because I absolutely love them. So, like, during Silent September, I'd probably watch a whole bunch of shorts, but also for things like doubling the canon. And if anything gets also gets sneaks in into the 500 under 400 list, which is a short film, I'll watch it. So, yeah, any doubling the canon nominees, any new additions to the Hidden Gems list, Anything where I guess it's an easy enough check and maybe I can get enough points together for one of the challenges, yeah, I'll watch it. So I do watch, I'd say, a fair amount of shorts, or at least compared to Tom. I'm not, you know, seeing the cinema covering up my eyes because I don't want to watch short films. So I, I do watch them. It's more in terms of, I guess, rating and ranking them that I'm a bit more bigoted rather than in terms of seeking them out because I do see uh, definitely over 100 Probably not up to 200, but I guess somewhere between 100 to 200 on a yearly basis. I mean, it depends if I'm working on lists. I think I think it's harder to find a lot of shorts that I want to watch, so I'm more likely to watch them because they're on a list I'm working through. Um, at the moment, I'm watching a lot because of the, the pre-1910s list on ICM, but normally it would be if I'm working on a list uh, and, a, and, a, and a lot of shorts show up on them. I think that's one of those big differences between you and me, whereas uh, if, if there's a short film on a list, that's probably one of the last films I, I'm going to see, but for you, it's probably one of the very first. Well, it, it depends. I mean, I also used to watch, sometimes I watch animated, the old animated shorts, not because they're on a list, just because I'm working through some of them. But in, in terms of modern shorts, unless they're by a director I really like, I'm not normally going to be exposed to them unless I'm looking for lists or something like that. And I think there you entered into something we might uh, talk about uh, as well, which is just the general exposure of short films beyond those festivals uh, that uh, Tom mentioned where he just actively avoids them altogether. Uh, And this might be where we depart a little bit from the quickfire questions and get into the issues that we have with short films and why it might be legitimate to treat them a bit differently and where Adam can protest very valiantly. So I I guess I'll voice my opinion last, but uh, Tom, my fellow shortest, uh, what is it that makes you less intrigued when it comes to watching short films versus a feature film? I suppose it stems from the reason why I watch films in the first place which is that I love the pure escapism of a great story on the big screen. And when I've had a long day at work, I find the best way to relax is to sit down in front of a TV, 
put a film on and escape from reality. Now, if I'm watching a number of short films, then I'm not getting that same immersive escapism. First of all, I'll be getting up to change the film every few minutes. And, you know, the story's changing over. I'm, I'm not getting that long period of escapism, which is what I love so much. And obviously, with the short runtime, there's less story to be told. And short cinema that seems to go down well on the I Check Movies website tends to lean towards experimental features, animated features, and documentaries. And they're areas of cinema that don't really appeal to me anyway. And they're the kind of um, genres that seem to crop up the most when you're looking at short feature films that are represented on numerous lists. So when you're delving in and exploring short cinema through Ashek movies, there's not really much that kind of appeals to me there. I think Tom makes a very good point about the types of shorts on Ashek movies. And I, I actually agree. I think the biggest problem is on Ashek movies, they don't really have a lot of lists dedicated to shorts or certain types of shorts. So you get a lot of shorts from like a hundred years ago that aren't about entertainment, that are more about cinema developing, or you get a lot of experimental shorts. That puts me off some of the shorts. If I was to work through the iChick movie shorts, I'll, a lot of the old shorts are not really about entertainment or about cinema. It's more about, yeah, some something less interesting in terms of watching as a viewer. And although I'm not, a massive bigot like Chris and Tom. Shorts are still less appealing to me in general than features. I just think that if you look at them, if you treat them separately from features, there is there is still room for value and enjoyment from many of them. But you can't really compare them exactly to features, or you're not, or you're going to be a bit disappointed overall, probably. And they're the penny dropped. All of us are bigots. I think I do enjoy watching short films. I mean, like I said, I do get through, I guess, 100 to 150 or so a year. So I do enjoy them. I don't mind the fact that I can change them over fairly easily because it means it's a very easy, uninterrupted viewing period. So, like, if I put on a two-hour film, you know, and it's something I expect to be really engaging, I can't always guarantee that I'll be available to watch it two hours non-stop. So... A short film gives much more flexibility. So, yeah, I guess I'd enjoy it, but, you know, it is less appealing for me. I guess part of it just comes down to the way I've come to document and record the films that I watch. I mean, a line has to be drawn somewhere in terms of what you can rate and in terms of what you cannot rate as a film. You know, is the uh, 10 seconds of that moving horse from the 1870s really a film? Is a commercial a film? How much of something actually makes it a film? And all the way back in the day, I decided 45 minutes, then got reduced to 44, just for uh, Sherlock Jr. But 44 minutes is just where I've sort of cut off, where I've said, you know, that's the uh, stage where I can add the film to my documents, where I record all the films that I see, where I can write a review and add it to Letterboxd. I just don't review any films that are less than 44 minutes. So I guess maybe some of the lack of appeal for me is that if I'm watching tons of short films, 
I'm not adding more things to my letterboxed account. So I guess I'm not growing the e-penis, so to speak. So I like to be able to record and sort of talk about the films that I'm watching. And I guess with a short film, especially if it's one of those ones which is less than one minute from the pre-1910s, there's not a lot that you can write about. I mean, there are a few exceptions in there, but a lot of them like Round Hay, uh scene or whatever that one's called there's not a lot you can write about that so i guess i find less appealing to indulge in those because i guess there's less i can write about it afterwards there's less i can share about it and just uh it's less appealing to me to have those in my collection reviews on letterbox compared to reviews of films that i can talk about in depth yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, point, so that, you know, there might be less to talk about. I mean, I think for some of these films, there's actually a lot of talk to talk about, like that old Disney movie, The Dot and the Line, a romance in lower mathematics. That's a, that's a pretty unique one with, where you know, we have a romance between a literal dot and a line. Um, <laughs> and then you obviously have uh, Sam Brackett films like Window, Water, Baby, Moving, uh, The Act of Seeing with One's Son's Eyes, or something like Balance. There's, there's a lot of short films that you you can dive into and talk about at least in my mind i think where we're more or less aligned is uh, for our in keeping if you will because i i just thought it was genuinely and this is where i guess this is the most appropriate word to use a bit unfair or a bit off to count short films in my statistics like say uh, if i said i i have seen say 200 films from the i don't know the 1910s or the pre-1910s that would seem a bit off if i counted something that was one minute two minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes that's the same as something that was well over an hour or two hours three hours so so it's the cutoff point i still think short films are films unlike soul i suppose i still think something that's down to 10 seconds can be rated uh, and talked about as films but i just think they're they almost border on a bit of a different medium it, it to me they're almost as separate as say tv shows and features are separate because you you have just have a completely different format where you know a story or something is told within a minute or five minutes uh, versus something somewhere is told within 90 minutes versus somewhere is told within i don't know 40 hours obviously that you can get a tv show that's two uh, that's two hours long with like uh, a one season british uh, show where uh, with six episodes and all of them are 20 to 30 minutes obviously that's going to be <laughs> around the length of a feature but there's it just feels so different that it's hard to compare and that's also why i don't really include them in my yearly list because it just feels so hard to compare even though they can be absolutely phenomenal on their own uh, my reason for uh, not watching them is actually a bit un- different from tom's because i don't mind uh, experimental shorts I-, I quite love experimental shorts like daybreak express for instance is a favorite of mine i, I really like a lot of uh, stan wreckage films uh etc so it- it's it's not the experimental part that's uh, difficult for me if, to me it's, it's more the fact of how much care i feel goes into a lot of shorts like you, you have specific directors, Brackage, uh, Swankmeyer, that, that essentially make shorts because they care about the medium and because that's the format that fits a lot of their films the best. But for a lot of directors, when they make a short film, it's either as an exercise in something or as just something they do to get the practice to create feature films. It, it, it's very rare, for instance, that. Uh, someone who becomes a feature film director goes back to short films and when they do uh, it's 
really that enticing to me. I, I don't know why that's the case necessarily. Maybe everyone's a raging shortest, or most people are, uh, most directors are raging shortists. But it just feel like if a director who generally makes features makes a short film, they put less consideration into it and it tends to fall short compared to the rest of their work, literally. So there's kind of like this prejudice that comes up whenever I see a short by a director I like, or usually when I see a short by a director I generally like, uh, there's like this instant fear that this is going to be something they did not care as passionately about as their feature. This is not something they took as seriously. And in most cases, at least so far, that just generally ends up being the case. But for directors who work primarily within the short film medium or largely within the short film medium, then my, my experience and my anticipation is completely different. I might just clarify that with a number of shorts, I do feel that I could write some things about. I mean, not everything by brackage, because some of it's just like squiggles, lines and random things, but like films like Kindling or water, Window Water Baby Moving, yeah, you could write a whole paragraph about that. It's just, you know, where do you draw the line at, you know, how much you can write about a film. And if you've just got 10 seconds of something from, you know, before 1900, there's not really much you can write about it. Don't you think there's a bit of a distinction between like a five second short, five minute short, or one that's like half an hour long? So if you're talking 30, 40 minutes, you know, there's, there's, there's a bit of time for a narrative. I don't think you can put all shorts in together. I think that there are different categories and some of them are a lot more substantial than others. So I don't think it's entirely fair to say that everything under 44 minutes is all in one category and everything above 44 minutes is in another. Because if a short's 40 minutes, it's, it's fairly substantial. If a short's five seconds, well, there's not much to say. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I'd say it's not fair. It's just a matter of where I decided to draw the line. And back however many years ago, I guess maybe 22 years ago, whenever I started writing films, that's where I decided to draw the line. And, you know, that's where it's been since then. So, yeah, I'd agree it's not fair, but the line needs to be drawn somewhere. That's where it is for me at the moment. I mean, it could adjust later on. I could change it. I mean, I didn't start off with 45 minutes. I ended up reducing that down to 44. So maybe over time I'll end up including reviews of even shorter films. But at this stage with so many films out there that I haven't yet experienced, I'm quite comfortable with 44 as a pretty good mark. So it only takes 22 years to go down by a minute. No, no, not 22 years. Um, maybe 12 years. 43 minutes is coming up then. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I, th I think I think technically wavelength is closer to forty-three than forty-four, so I might have already uh, jumped that ship. Ooh. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I actually used the forty-minute cutoff point. I mean, it's completely arbitrary, but that that's just because that was the old Academy standard, I think. And there's some old John Ford films, etc., that that are just like forty-one minutes. So that that's why they started with that ages ago. But, but there is obviously a category called mid-length film. I, I don't remember what the French name is. It's often used as well, which is our films between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. And uh, I think you're right, Adam, that you know you can when you separate the categories. I think like that mid-length film of 30, 60 minutes might have more in common with each other than, say, a 20-minute film and a 90-minute film. I guess there's also just not really a market for short films in the same way as features because... 
I mean, how many people are going to go to the cinema just to see a 20 minute short, for example? I think that you don't often the shorts are just sort of like an extra or like um, a one off kind of thing. I don't know. I don't think there's enough of a market or enough of an appeal for some of the best directors to be making shorts and for shorts to get a lot of attention. Yeah, so often when I love a short, it's not by my favorite director because most of my favorite directors probably haven't really made any prominent shorts in the first place. I would agree with Adam there. There's not really a a mass market for short films as opposed to feature films. Um, The only time we've ever really seen shorts get an appreciation at the cinema is through film festivals. And usually the shorts on display will act as calling cards for young directors eager to make their mark on the industry and perhaps act as you know a calling card for them to get funding for larger projects so i do appreciate that there's a a place for shorts in modern cinema and there's important work to be done there but it just isn't something that i really have an interest in exploring i'd rather wait until the uh, people who are making these shorts get their break and are able to make feature films and just go plunge straight into the feature films because that's really the area of cinema that appeals more to me. Yeah, and that ties into one of my main prejudices too, that shorts really are just these exercises. Either either for the subject to just do something on the side and try something out, or more commonly, just the first things a director makes just to get their foot in the door and show that they can do something which is essentially like a student work or indeed like a calling card and very often you you see directors when they get the funding uh, to make the very first film they go back and they remake that short of theirs you see that happen over and over and over again where they had that one idea they made it into a 30 minute short uh, and then when they get the funding they redo it as a proper 92 hour film and that's kind of what they want to do all along so, so that's that's part of my uh, my general <laughs> prejudice. But though I do think that maybe streaming could change that a bit. I mean, I, I remember it's not a short film by our standard, but uh, there was uh, that uh, special that Marvel did. I don't remember if that was streaming or if it was for TV or what it was. But the Werewolf by Night one that Marvel did, but in black and white, that was around fifty minutes or something. That's obviously very different from the norms of that studio. So maybe streaming could open up a market for shorts that fit that runtime and are made with care uh, in in the future. We'll have have to see because obviously then (laughs) there's not that need to go out to the cinema and watch one short film or wait for a short film festival where there's multiple together. You mentioned then, Chris, about directors um, remaking the short films that bring them success as feature films. And that is actually probably the one exception where I will go back and watch the short film out of curiosity. I've done that a few times, films such as Saw, The Babadook, uh, District 9, etc., where I really enjoyed the feature film and I've noticed that the director made a short film based on the same idea as their, uh, you know, to break out into cinema. And that is one exception where I will go back and I'll genuinely want to watch the short film out of curiosity. I don't really do that, but if there's a director I love, I will often go back and watch their early shorts. Like, uh, I went through all of Agnes Varda's uh, early shorts, for instance, and some of them are absolutely spectacular. Or, you know, go back and watch uh, Godard's early shorts just to see how they kind of became 
uh, who they are and how they were working before they really broke through. But that's also largely curiosity-based, rather than really going for the film's quality at first. Though many times uh, they actually prove that they could really do some exciting stuff uh, with, with a short runtime. But uh, to, to ask a question, uh, to, then to kind of uh, move the conversation along about the distribution of short films and what could change to make short films come back into conversation. I think one of the issues that I'm thinking about here is that at least for animation in, in the past, it was very common to show animated shorts before feature, feature films or comedy shorts before feature films. So, you know, you have this uh, uh, 5, 10 minute uh, or 20 minute shorts, you would put that up kind of like this, like you mentioned, Tom at festivals, they still do that sometimes, like this kind of warm up act ahead of the main feature. And obviously that completely disappeared. Do, do, do you think there would be any way to bring that uh, back and that this could re-energize the short film? If, I'm not sure if you can call it the short film industry, but uh, short film creators and the creation of short films that, that uh, the creators actually care about and put a lot of thought into. I think that would work really well, particularly if the people who are creating the short of you know, they've got a feature film in mind that they want to pair it with, or perhaps the programmer who's, you know, choosing a specific short to, to go with a feature so that they make a, a nice pairing, either thematically or, you know, share some similarities. I think that that was actually done. It might still be done, but I've not seen a recent Pixar release, but they have short films ahead of the feature, and that used to work pretty well. So I think there is opportunities there, and... You know, when people are in the seats ready to watch a feature film, as I said earlier, they've got no choice. If a short film plays, they're going to be watching it. So you've got an attentive audience there. So it could be the way to go for short films. Yeah, I I agree with Tom. And I was going to mention Pixar as well, because I think I think the Pixar shorts get a lot of attention because they're a nice little extra and they're similar to the feature films, but obviously they're short. So I think if you can have a short on before the film and it's sort of the same genre or the same company making it, then I think the quality often goes up because they know a lot of people are going to watch it. I think it's a little bit more difficult nowadays because you go to the cinema and there's like half an hour of adverts and trailers. So it's a lot more about marketing, that kind of thing. So I think it's slightly harder to fit it in. But I do think... I, I would certainly like I would prefer going to the cinema and you got like a you got a short before the film started instead of sitting through like endless adverts. If the shorts get more attention, I think the people making them care more about it and if they get a bit they'll get a bit more prominence and more attention. I don't really agree with and it's probably just the way that it's been put and not the way it's been intended. But a couple of you are saying things like they don't really care that much and they don't put that much effort into it. I think filmmakers do put tons of effort in, even when they're making short films. It's just what they're creating is something to be experienced differently. So I don't think creativity or content-wise, I don't think anything's going to change. I think distribution is definitely something that can be looked at. And I think having things available on streaming platforms is obviously a great way to go. But just in terms of films coming out in cinemas, I think a lot of it's just to do with pricing. Cinema tickets have gone up astronomically over the years to combat piracy, but ironically it's causing more piracy because the ticket prices are so high. 
But I would like to see a system in place where movies cost to see. Uh, it's something based on runtime because I know there was just going back about a decade or so, there was something on IMDb, whatever people getting annoyed, they were taking their family to go see this, you know, uh, family comedy or whatever, and it was only 78 minutes long, and they just felt so ripped off by it. So if there was like sort of like a sliding scale of how much you pay for a ticket and that way, well, maybe nobody's going to go out to the cinema and see a five-minute film, but maybe they feel like just a 30 or 40-minute film and it's only $5 and they go, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll go and see that. Or maybe it could be a situation where you're able to put two or three shorts that are like each other together and you pay a full cinema ticket and get to three, see three shorts for the price of seeing one film. So I think there's different ways to do it, but yeah, I guess unless there's different ways of pairing them up in cinema or ways of scaling the prices, I don't know if we're going to see more prominence of short films. I think streaming platforms is definitely the way to go, and it's going to have to be ones where I guess you can stream it for free because, I mean, it's the same thing if you're going to be renting something through one of the platforms. Are you going to pay to rent it if it's only 10 minutes long? Or would you pay to rent it if it was only 99 cents compared to a 3.99 rental? So having things for free for streaming, like if you've got a Disney Plus subscription, you can see Werewolf by Night. I think that's a great way to go. Disney Plus actually have tons of shorts on there. I think other streaming platforms like Shutter do also. I know Mubi have tons, but I just um not really compelled to go into them. And that's just something particular that I'm looking for. Yeah, actually, I agree with Saul that um, but what you said at the start about the creativity, and I think I think that's a good point. It, it, the quality of the shorts don't go up just because they're at the cinema, but it's certainly the prominence and maybe the number of people involved in making them or or whatever might go up. Yeah, I think I think that's fair what you said. I mean, mm. my only worry about the cost of uh, films in the cinema, depending on the length, is I can imagine like maybe bigger studios just making films a little bit longer just so they can charge more and maybe padding it out with stuff that's not really necessary. Maybe that wouldn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if they started. I mean, that's already happening, Adam. I mean, have you seen Marvel? Everything's like two hours and 30 minutes, three hours. <laughs> no, I, I get that. But I mean, so's sort of posing a system where the, the cost goes up the longer the film is. So I think, it could happen with other sort of studios or other type like rom-coms and stuff suddenly become like they add an extra like 20 minutes half an hour just so they can charge as much as another longer film is getting but yeah things are already getting longer in general but i think it might get even worse in other areas if they could charge more because they had an extra 20 minutes of runtime okay i actually sort of disagree with that but I guess it depends how you look at it. I'd say that if you've got a film that's going to just crest the two-hour mark, I'd say the producers would actually probably cut it back to just under two hours if that was like the cutoff point because the film would be more affordable. The more affordable the film is to see, the more people are going to go and pay and see it. And I think that's going to push profits up. You know, if you've got, you know, this two-and-a-half-hour film, which is going to cost you $15, you've got a 90-minute film, which is going to cost you, you know, $7.50, you know, what are you going to go out to see if you're just going to see one thing in the cinema? So I, I think it would, I don't know where you would draw the line, 
But I think things like that would actually kind of be interesting because it might make films more economical. And I guess on the other side, maybe have more director's cuts afterwards. Okay, yeah, that that's fair enough. Maybe maybe they would actually promote the film as being cheaper than the other ones, and it'd be a slightly different market from the longer ones. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Although I still kind of think no matter what they do now, things are in a little bit of decline, and the prices are still, in my opinion, not like a lot of the time, the prices are still ridiculously high, and even with a discount, they're I think they're losing a lot of the market. Whatever they do, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Although we're kind of moving away from shorts and into features, but yeah. We prejudiced against long films as well. I mean, that should obviously be our next podcast. Do you watch long films? Because I actually kind of don't. It's a different subject, but yeah, I, I kind of avoid longer films also. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if a film's like two and a half, three hours long, I have to care a lot more about watching it to commit to it than I would for a shorter feature. Yeah, we can find out if there's any bigots about long films, just like there are about shorts. Yeah, I think that's actually true. Yeah, I mean, a bit more, the longer the film is, uh, the more interested I tend to have to be to, to jump on it. Well, uh, I guess shorter films I can't jump on even if I have low expectations for them. So I guess that's the advantage uh, of uh, short films. I, I do actually agree with a lot of what you guys said. It, it's good that to hear that there are actually a lot of short films on platforms like Disney Plus and that it's being kept alive in that way. And I think a lot of, say, sketches, for instance, or a lot of ideas do only actually fit a short film format. So it would be uh, good if these kind of stories uh, and these kind of projects got the venue to be shown properly so i guess that's me breaking a little bit away from my my bigot itself i do actually want to see them uh, done right and just to clarify a little bit earlier i guess i shouldn't have said that they don't put as much effort when they make short films i think it's more that for instance for younger directors trying to break through they just don't have the tools available they have usually have very low budgets and they will be less polished and for more established directors working on short there will often be something to do in between bigger projects and with the knowledge that they will be seen by less people and again with much much lower budgets usually so that, that those might be the things that are hurting a lot of short films rather than the format itself or, or their, the actual care of the people involved i also think that there's some you know, there's some animated or stop motion shorts that suit that format and that use sort of very distinct or very um, advanced kind of techniques. And sometimes there's like a short film of like 10 minutes that could have that maybe took years to make that wouldn't work as a feature. So I think there's a whole other area of directors or a kind of genre that lend themselves to to short films and that are actually of high quality, like sometimes very high quality. They, they may not get as much attention, but you know, I think things like that might not work as like a 90-minute feature, but as a 10-20 minute short, they work very well. I think that's a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know how if any of us really watch animated features as much as we watch live action features, but I do think there's a whole category of shorts, animated stop-motion ones, that are of like very high quality and yeah critically acclaimed and everything just with probably less attention because they're short films mm, yeah i would actually agree with that i mean stop motion is such a difficult uh thing to do I, I do try to see stop motion features whenever they come out i mean what was the 
like I think it was Mad God, uh, Phil Tippett's Mad God that took him like 20, 30 years to make, right? I mean, it, it can't, it's just ridiculous how long it can actually be to do a feature length stop motion film. Yeah, I don't mind stop motion shorts. I think the best example is probably Tim Burton's uh, Frankenweenie, which is one that I sort, at, sort out, and that's pretty good. Or oh, actually, no, the original is called Vincent, isn't it? Frank and Weenie was the feature-long remake. Uh, yeah, and Winston did great, for sure. Yeah. And um, Adam makes a good point that about features where, sorry, short features where directors are, are trying something new, you know, testing out new technological advancements in terms of CGI or different types of animation. And that's another good use of a short feature to, to try something new and perhaps break further ground in cinema which was a lot of what I imagine you see in the short films that you're watching from the pre-1910s era, Adam, isn't it? Where directors are, you know, playing with the medium and trying out new techniques and stuff. So, you know, there may be some potential for me to become interested in them. I'm just not sure if it'll reach the level of interest that you have. I mean, I can add that stop motion uh, shorts are actually one of those things that will seek out uh, quite frequently. I, I mean, I'm a big Svankmeyer fan. Dalstov Sretovich uh, as well is it, great. I mean, I love so many of his short films. So, so I, I think that, that that's one of those areas where uh, it's very easy to get uh, to get excited. And I think an animated short in general, they're able to do a lot of things in a very short period of time just because of how they you know con- convey things you can convey a lot more a lot faster in animation so that's definitely one of those places i think that short film format is very fitting yeah and, and i think actually the idea that i'm a big fan of shorts it's, it's probably more accurate to say that i'm a big fan of like animated shorts you've got a lot of the old soviet animated shorts which a lot of them are high quality like the the winnie the pooh ones but there's a there's a huge sort of range of animated shorts from soviet era and there's obviously the old sort of like disney and looney tunes and all this classic era where the fact that there's about a million of those shorts they get a bit repetitive but there's still some very high quality ones yeah and, and also chris mentioned i, I don't know i can't remember when it's it's Spankmare. most of my most of my real interest in shorts is animated stop motion that kind of stuff where i think the format it lends itself well to shorts i don't actually watch a huge number of live action shorts at all and the pre-1910s ones is just a recent thing because of the new icm list and even with the pre-1910 ones you know there's a lot of them like i said they're not really about entertainment but it is still interesting to see, even in the space of a couple of years, you can gradually see how they manage to advance new techniques and they gradually get to sort of, once you get to like 1908, 1909, they start having a bit longer shorts. They have a bit more narrative. They have a bit more quality. Yeah, those shorts are interesting just in the development of cinema rather than as amazing entertainment. But yeah, there's certain areas with shorts, I think, that, they do have value and they do have quality. I definitely think that short films do have value and quality uh, for stop motion, definitely, and also for experimental cinema because not everything, but I can sometimes be inclined towards experimental cinema. And obviously there's great things you can do with fairly short films that wouldn't be as effective if they're dragged out and made to be much longer. So 
yeah, for me, you know, it is quite a fruitful medium. The only difference for me comes down to whether I can actually give them a numerical rating, which I generally don't, and whether I include them in year-by-year lists, which I don't either. So, yeah, and I'm more than happy to watch them. I think it's a good medium. It's just, yeah, just something which I can't really reconcile uh, trying to rate and compare against standard feature films. And I think that might be leading us around circle. Maybe the episode is uh, heading towards uh, its end. But that that is, uh, again, one of those issues you have in short films, that they're just so different in length. And we can talk about the mid-length feature. We can talk about, obviously, the big difference between a one-minute, a 10-minute, a 30-minute short. But it, it is a different experience. And one of those reasons why I have a hard time comparing them to features like even though like the difference between a 90 minute feature and a uh, three hour feature is quite massive it's just that with the short film like one of those main criteria i I will use when i judge films is like okay how does it keep my attention how long can it keep my attention like how how involved will i be in the story and it's just so much easier for a short film i mean if you have a five minute short that that would just be a little small fraction of a feature Especially if there's just like those one scene shorts or like two three scene shorts, it doesn't have that grandeur that that a uh, feature can have, and and that's one of those things that fuel I guess fuel my uh, bigotry and uh, my separate but equal uh, stance. Yeah, I just I don't think it works if you compare them because you're comparing apples and oranges basically. One other thing I was going to mention was like I like the. Um, Alexander Petrov shorts as well because of the type of animation that he uses the technique which again works with shorts and probably not with features because it takes too long to make um but I think part of the issue that we're seeing here is you know Chris obviously values features like most people do and I think that when if Chris is watching like shorts even documentaries things like that I think everything seems worse in comparison to features which obviously he holds so highly and then you've got soul who i don't think soul actually is against shorts i think it's just more he has a certain method of kind of recording the films rating the films so i think actually as as the episode's gone on the negativity is reduced a little bit and if you look at shorts in a slightly different way from features you know there, there is value it's just if you're comparing like a two, three hour feature to like a 10 minute short, of course the feature has an advantage because it's got so much more to it. I just think you have to look at shorts differently or you're not going to like them at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I'm not sure if you wouldn't like them at all, but yes, thinking about them a bit differently is definitely the case. And, and I can see why people don't need to do that. I mean, there are people who, you know, rank miniseries the same way they do features. I actually think miniseries are more similar to features than feature short or short, especially very, very short short. But you can easily see why someone would be able to to treat them more or less equally or treat everything in the visual medium uh, more or less equally. It is, it is possible. And some people really love shorts. There are people on the ICM forum who have a, lot, a massive amount of shorts in amongst their favorite films. So it, it's not impossible. But yeah, I, I do think it's hard to compare it properly. Like one of my favorite shorts is World of Glory by Roy Anderson. And that's in the same style as his uh, later uh, Living Trilogy. And... 
this is a 14-minute film. It's this, exactly the same idea with these short vignettes. But all of those later films are short vignettes, but they're over, like around two hours long. So it's, it's like smaller amount of those vignettes. And uh, that kind of makes it a bit harder to compare it. So it is, like you said, apples and oranges. One, one correction, I actually don't have anything against documentaries. I treat documentaries exactly the same as I do features. And I think like so, some of my favorite films are... are in the documentary genre, I have several in my top hundred, so uh, not prejudiced documentaries. I thought someone was, maybe Tom. I don't know. Sorry, Chris. I'm sure there was someone that doesn't like documentaries. Yeah, it's me. I don't really watch documentaries, and I've got zero documentaries in my top thousand films, even as well as zero shorts. <laughs> oh, zero. Yeah. Like even SF, like even Anya Svarda isn't in there with a single, uh, like. Not even the cleaners and I. I, I um, with um, documentaries and shorts, I'll check them on I Check Movies and IMDb, but I don't rate them on Letterboxd or Flipchart because I like to keep it strictly to feature films because feature films is really my passion. And so, yeah, I, I treat them all as separate. Okay, wow. All right, yeah, that, that, that's uh, are you prejudiced against documentary films is coming up then as well because there we're going to clash for sure. I don't even see a clear distinction between them, to be honest with you, especially when we get into like the essay <laughs> territory. Uh, so yeah, let, let's clash there. Well, we're not going to call Chris a bigot anymore. It'll be uh, Tom, who not he's, <laughs> he's a film purist. He has to see things in the cinema with no distractions. It has to be a feature, can't be a documentary or short. I think Tom's the hardest to please out of everyone and has the strictest criteria for what counts as a as a film for him i am yeah i'm happy to take the title from chris as insulting <laughs> as it is <laughs> oh uh, and uh, for the record i do actually rate the uh, short films uh, as well and i i am inclined to write about them sometimes i've written reviews of several short uh, films and discussed short films and i do love quite a lot of short films it's just uh, at least so far, all of them have been a bit of a, at a bit of a disadvantage. It's perfectly possible, like say, the act of seeing through someone else's eyes, which to be fair is like over thirty minutes, so it's very close to a, to a feature. At least the lower minimums, it's very possible that could enter my top hundred at some point. For instance, it's very possible that uh, that the heart of the world could do the same, and I'm not opposed to a short doing that. I, I think it's also just because I watch much less short films than do uh, features and documentaries. That might be part of it, and just general lack of, I guess, a lot of high-profile or even over overly respected short films for most of cinema's history, really, with the exception of experimental shorts. Because, they, like we talked about earlier, they're getting less and less focus, and there's very few big shorts coming out these days, with the exception of a couple of the Christmas specials. That said, I I'm extremely excited to see uh, Alice Robacher's The Pupils. I. Uh, that came out uh, this Christmas. I'm planning on seeing it uh, next next Christmas, most likely. That, that's uh, that's around 38 minutes, I think, and that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing. I would agree that this episode has had a lot less negativity than we thought it might, which is really great to see. And, yeah, look, for the record, you know, I, I don't rate shorts, so I don't have a log of what I've seen on IMDb because I don't want to give them my numerical score. I just think, you know, it's absolutely insane and I prefer to just keep it as all the feature films, including documentaries that I've seen. 
However, I do keep track of the shorts that I've seen by logging them when I check movies because all you need to do is tick a box. Don't have to give it a rating or anything. Don't have to give it a review. And I've just got a record of what I've seen. So, yeah, you know, I'm more than happy to watch shorts. And I do think they've got a place in cinema. It's just I do have a little bit of prejudice in terms of trying to compare them and rate them the same system that we use for feature-length films. What about the different system? Sorry, what? What about a different system? I mean, you, you can judge. I mean, I, I assume you don't judge, say, well, yeah, you don't write miniseries either, do you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I yeah. don't, don't write miniseries or TV episodes or music videos, even though there are some music videos that if I did write them could technically be in my all-time top 100. Uh, I just, you know, I it's, it's to me, I guess it's a separate part of the audio-visual experience. Fair enough. But uh, since you do value shorts, or at least watch shorts more than almost any, like everyone else here, it would make sense to have some kind of record of them, like to know what shorts you've seen and what you thought about them. Yeah, look, I, I've, I've thought about doing that before. I mean, on iCheck movies, you can use the like and the dislike thing. So with any shorts that I really like, I'm able to favorite them. Anything which I really hate, like there's one like a, rat diet and living in america it's a stupid canadian short or whatever about all these rats who decided to become farmers in canada uh, that one i gave a dislike to but it would be nice to have i guess something in place or just some sh- thoughts written down because i guess i mean bracket just the obvious example to use with the exceptions of films like our uh, window water baby moving and kindling a lot of these films do blur together, so it'd be nice to have some sort of record. And I mean, I do, I do have a record of something I've watched for a challenge because I usually write a sentence or two about it when I post my challenge viewings on the forum. But I guess it wouldn't be a bad idea. I thought about it just keeping a sentence or two about each, even if I don't want to have them as letterbox reviews because I just thought it'd be ridiculous having this one-line letterbox reviews when all my other letterbox reviews are a paragraph long or longer. Oh, oh, I guess my final question, then, because maybe I will come off as the least bigoted after all. Are, are there any short films you guys are looking forward to right now? No, and to be honest, I don't even think there's any that come to mind at all, because it's not really an area of cinema that I follow or have any interest in. So, yeah, sorry short films and fans of short films, but it's just not um, part of cinema that appeals to me. Yeah, I can't think of anything offhand that I'm looking forward to. That's an upcoming short film. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would easily know a, a big list of the shorts that are coming out in the same way I would know features. Oh, this is a nice way to end it up because, like I mentioned, I am looking forward to The Pupils by Alice Robacher and uh, I'm also looking forward to Potemkinisti uh, from Radio Judas. So I actually have two shorts I'm planning to see, both of them from last year, very soon or this year. So... Maybe I'm the least bigoted after all. That's a very pleasant note to end it on. Uh, full 180 all together. So thank you all for listening and join uh, us again soon. You have been listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of ICMforum.com.